If you've been told that animals evolved over millions of years, I've got a show for you. Hey guys, welcome to the Creation Today Show. I'm Eric Hovind, and my guest today is none other than Dr. Job Martin. How are you, sir? I'm good, Eric. I'm glad to be here with you. I am. I cannot believe you're sitting down with me. I love every opportunity I get to hang out with you. Your video series, Incredible Creatures, the uh, Creatures uh, Creation Proclaims, mm -hmm. your lectures, your talks are all mind blowing. I cannot. I, I am sorry. I'm, I'm just. I'm, I'm kind of man loving right here. I, I have loved what God has done with your life and how he has taught so many people about so many animals. And we're going to talk about some animals today. The incredible creatures of Alaska, the amazing animals of Alaska. Yes. Uh, you, how long have you been doing this kind of thing? Well, actually, I guess officially since uh, vocationally, let's put it that way, in ministry, since 1982, wow. but I started talking and thinking about animals 1971, when I was still a, at that point, theistic evolutionist, still had believed in the Big Bang and billions of years, all that, and uh, gave a lecture on how fish scales moved into the mouth and became teeth, and two of my students challenged me to study creation science, young earth, global flood. So what did I do? They asked me to study some animals and prove to them how they could evolve. And that's what got me started. And they, they brought a bombardier beetle. Okay, how would that evolve? It's not going to evolve. It's going to blow itself up every step of the way, okay, and, and different things. So that's how it all got started. That It's amazing to see what God is taking you through learning. And if, again, if you have learned that, that animals evolved over millions of years, you're going to be challenged. Uh, if you have wondered if God is in charge and in control of the universe, you're going to be encouraged to find out today that he is as we talk about amazing animals of Alaska. Dr. Martin, uh, first of all, by the way, uh, thank you to all of you guys on Facebook and YouTube. You guys get to join us for the first half hour. So glad you guys are here. To all of our creation partners out there, thank you guys for hanging out with us. We sure love teaching and educating you. I'm ready to sit back, honestly, and just learn from the master if that's okay. I just want to learn. So teach away on Amazing Animals of Alaska. Well, I thought we'd start with a little scripture. I think that's a great place yeah. to start. Job uh, chapter 12 and verses 7 to 9. It says, but now ask the beasts. And that's what we're going to do. Okay, what are these animals telling us about God? Because they do. They tell us things about God and, and His incredible genius when He put all these different animals and plants together. So it says, ask now the beasts and they shall teach thee, and the fowls of the air, and they shall tell thee, whoa, boy, birds, what incredible things God's done with them, or speak to the earth, and it shall teach thee, and the fishes of the sea shall declare unto thee. And then he says, it's not a question, but it sounds like a question. He says, who knoweth not in all these that the hand of the Lord hath wrought this? So what God is saying, hey, if you carefully study my creation, you're going to know God had to do it. No wow. way it could be here unless God did it. The invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Amen. Romans chapter 1, yeah. which is an excellent chapter talking about this. Okay. Well, since we're talking about Alaska, okay, and uh, more or less cold weather type animals, 
I thought we'd start with a polar bear. I love it. I love it. Yeah, because everybody likes to think about polar bears. I've always thought it'd be cool to hang out with a polar bear. I mean, they look kind of cuddly. I doubt I doubt they'd be as cuddly when I actually got up to them. But, uh, <laughs> well, that's me with one. Uh, that's Aggie the polar bear. Wow. And that's uh, her trainer, uh, Mark DeMoss. They're up in uh, Abbotsford, Canada. And you were not scared of the polar bear? Well, uh, he told me what to do and what not to do. So okay. you listened carefully. Yeah, I did. I did. Like, look, I look stiff, okay? And the reason I look stiff, because he said, do not bend over. He said, if you bend over, that polar bear is going to think you're lunch. So that's wow. why I'm looking stiff, <laughs> even on the <laughs> video we did. bend a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kind of standing there like this and I'm, okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she's about five feet behind me. There's a little teeny wire between us, but that t polar bear's nose, she can break the wire because she's done that before. Anyway, uh, fascinating thing about polar bears, they are, they want to eat meat, okay? If you put a polar bear and a grizzly bear together, well, not together, but you give them an option. Okay, polar bear, you got a little pile of raw hamburger, it's going to eat the hamburger. Grizzly bear, you have a pile of raw hamburger and a pile of grapes, it's going to eat the grapes. Unbelievable. Yeah, they would prefer fruit to meat, which is fat. That's what they fatten up on, the okay. grizzly bears. They yeah. fatten up on the fruits. Yeah, they do in the summertime. Huh. A, a polar bear, they get big. I mean, they're really big. And they're, they're, actually, their hair is not white. Uh, their hair is translucent. It's basically clear. But the way light is refracted through it, it makes it look white. Hmm. But their skin is black. Underneath, underneath the white fur. So it kind of acts like a big solar panel underneath there. So it can, that black skin underneath there can get the light and actually absorb that heat. Yeah, it does. That's interesting. Let's say the, the polar bear's honey. And you think how God made these things. I mean, it's just all ice and snow and they can find lunch. So let's say they, they, they can smell a seal hole four miles away no. if, if they're downwind. Okay. So they're, they're okay. There's a seal hole. I'm going to go eat a seal. So they will get up close, and then they'll cover their, their nose with their paws. And they'll push with, slide on their belly up to the sea hole, uh, the, the hole in the ice where the seals come in and out to breathe. They'll slide on their belly, push them with their rear legs. How do they know, I got I to gotta cover that nose. It looks like a black tennis ball coming here. <laughs> and these, these seals know that's danger. So they're going to go down. I'm not going to eat lunch. How do they know that? That's information God put in them. It's literally a program designed inside of, of their mind, of their DNA, so that they know to do that. They know to do that. And, and it's, it's amazing. And then they have these special papillae on the bottom of their feet, which help them walk on the ice so they don't slide. And they can stop fast, too, so they can run on the ice. They can swim for seven to eight days. What? Okay, yeah, without. And uh, here's an interesting thing. There are 19 polar bear families in the world. That doesn't mean just one male. It's geographically. 19. Okay. They know. The scientists know. By the way, it's almost all evolutionist scientists. Are there any Christian scientists studying these things that will give God glory? Well, there's one polar bear family they know is getting bigger. It's growing. Well, why am I saying this? Well, because what do we see on the TV and the everywhere? Oh, the polar bears are going, going extinct. extinct yep. Global warming is going to wipe them out. You know, this and that and the other thing. Uh, 
There are three families that are getting smaller. It doesn't have anything to do with glo human-generated global warming. Really? It has everything to do with encroaching into their territories. Okay. They're still there, but they're getting smaller. Then there's six polar bear families that are staying the same. Okay. So that's 10, and there's 19. There's nine families nobody's ever studied. Interesting. Yeah, I'm encouraging some young people. Yeah, get out there and do that. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, see yeah. it from, yeah, from the glory, for the glory of God. Amen. Start, start studying these things. Yeah, amen. Oh, and, cool. and give God the glory. Okay, so their fur is very, very good, but that they have this layer of fat under the fur, different than a sea otter. The sea otter depends on its fur and doesn't have a layer of fat, but the polar bear depends on that layer of fat, four to six inches underneath wow. the skin. Yeah, so that's, that's what they do. I love animals, all right? And most people love animals. And so my daughter's put together some little animal card tracks. Yeah, yeah. love these things. Yeah, we've got some on these uh, Alaskan animals. And, uh, and it's just a picture of the animal. But then on the back, it tells you some things about the animal most people don't know. And then a gospel verse or two. But everybody takes them. Yes. And we used to give out gospel tracks. And, and be, no, no, I've seen all those like toll booth operators, you know. Yeah. And uh, so now we have these animal cards. Everybody takes them because yes. everybody loves animals. Yeah. What a great way. What a great uh, entrance into a conversation about the gospel. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now, a little bit here on the, the Arctic red fox because what an amazing thing. The Arctic red fox, uh, it uses Earth's um, magnetic north to find prey under the snow. How in the world? Yeah, it can hear like a mouse or a vole under a foot to two feet of snow. It can hear it crawling around down there. And you'll see pictures of foxes in all kinds of videos, and they really are intently, they're like listening, they'll cock their head this way, this way, okay. They're listening to a mouse or something under the snow. Then they'll maneuver around so whatever they hear is directly between them and magnetic north. How does that help? Yeah, how does that? Well, when it's directly between them and magnetic north, they'll get that lined up, and then they will jump up in the air, and they'll dive straight down into the snow. And 73% of the time, if they got it lined up with magnetic north, they're going to come up with lunch. What I, I'm still. What does magnetic north have to do? Can't you just jump any direction? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, if they go a different direction, it drops off significantly. I mean, even a few degrees off of magnetic north, and they're and and for them to get lunch, no, it decreases. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What's the do we know the science behind that, or is that another thing that needs to be studied? Oh yeah, we need more study on that for a long. Uh, we really do. Now there there is some magnetic materials uh, that scientists have found in their brain, uh, but how does that work? And how do they know to do that, you know? Right. It's, it's God did it. That's all you can say. God did it. So they line up facing magnetic north so that the prey is between them and magnetic north, and when they do that, 73% of the time they get it. If they don't do that, the numbers drop off significantly. Oh, significantly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you're thinking, well, wait a minute now. Uh, do other animals do that? I haven't found any. Now, other animals do use Earth's magnetic field, like some of the migratory birds, we're told. Right. Uh, there's a lot of work needs to be done on that, too. Uh, so, anyway, 
Uh, they have this big bushy tail, these foxes, and they use it to communicate. They can flop it around different, hey, hey. You know dogs? I saw an article where dogs, you watch their tail, and if their tail is on one side, wagging only on one side, the right or the left, it's saying something. Or if it's going real fast, it's saying something. If the whole rear end is going real fast with the tail, that's saying something else. People have learned to read and same with wolves. Same I thing. I gotta figure that out then, because yeah. I've never looked into that one. That's pretty cool. Yes, yes. And then wolves do the same thing. They communicate all kinds of ways. Yeah. So these cold te- cold temperature animals. And uh, anyway, so our time is a little short, isn't it? So let's let's get another animal. Okay. In yeah. A bit. Okay. Let's do it. Let's talk about the caribou reindeer. And they are they are absolutely amazing. Uh, the if it's domesticated, it's called a reindeer. Oh. If it's wild, it's called a caribou. I never knew that yeah, was the difference. Yeah, okay. Yeah. My ignorance showing here, but wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's another interesting thing about that. Uh, caribou, male and female, have antlers. As far as I know, it's the only other deer in the deer family that the female has antlers. Well, why does she have antlers? Well, in the wintertime, when it's cold, and they've made it in the fall, so now she's going to have a baby, and she needs good food, and so the males, the big bulls, they lose their antlers right after the mating season. So that's maybe November, probably by November, maybe early December. But anyway, now we get to January, and there might be 50-mile-an-hour winds and deep snow. And, all, and uh, those females, let's say they find some lichens. They like to eat lichens in, in the wintertime, a totally different digestive system in the wintertime. That's a miracle, too. Uh, they'll find some lichens. And then here comes this big bull caribou, and he walks over. Hey, hey, I, I'm going to eat those lichens. And she, well, sir, I'm sorry, I, I found these lichens. Okay, I, these are for me. And he says, Nope, I'm the bull. Get out of here. She says, I'm sorry, sir, I have the antlers. <clears throat> you get out of here. So God permitted the female caribou to keep her antlers till she has her babies in the spring. Okay, and she can protect the best food supply. Wow. Because she's eating for two or even three sometimes, okay? So, yeah, every single detail. God thought it. But think of that. Now, there wasn't anything here. And he thought it all up and then spoke it into existence, and it all works. I mean, what kind of God is this? That is an amazing God. Sometimes I think to myself, the people that make fun of um, the, the universe or fun of design or say that, you know, if God's real, he could have done it better. I, I, I sit back and I go, well, how much, you know, universe design experience do you have to be judging, yeah. you know, this design in the universe? It yeah. seems to me like you ought to get a little bit of, you know, credibility under your belt before you go judging what God has done. It seems Think about it. a little, little absurd. It is absurd. When uh, I believed it almost half my life. Wow. And so it's like, now that I, I know, I don't just believe, I mean, I know. God had to do this. Mm-hmm. The more I study animals and plants, the more I realize, among other things, they need all their parts. You can't have a partially evolved anything from day one. It's dead. <laughs> it's it's got to develop the fully functional parts from day one. And so that, that wipes out evolution right there. Plus the idea of information. Where does it come from? It's non-material. You can't grab a piece of information out of a gene. You can't put information into a gene. 
That means all the information in every gene had to have been put there by mm. God himself. Yeah, from the beginning. And so uh, one more thing here, maybe two, about the, uh, the caribou, the reindeer, their legs, okay? They're standing in snow. It's really cold. They, uh, they need to preserve the heat in their brain and in their internal organs. So they will turn the heat off to the legs, all right, and conserve that heat to keep the brain warm. And so People in Alaska, we were up there a couple years ago, they said that those caribou can get the, the temperature down to about one degree above freezing in their legs. In their legs. And they never let them freeze, okay? Now, there's a whole system that goes into that, but it's, it's incredible design. Well, I was going to say, how did that evolve? I mean, I, I think of your, how many videos has, have you done where, well, for millions of years, none of the caribou survived because their legs got frozen and then <laughs> yeah. the wolf came along and they couldn't run away. And... Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So God had that all thought out and they can keep their brain and their organs at the right temperature and they don't need their legs because it's mostly tendons and ligaments and things. So they don't need to keep it really hot and warm down there. And so they don't. And I think wow. the moose can do the same thing. So That's God, ama he made them that way. <laughs> yeah. The reindeer, the caribou, they can see ultraviolet light. Okay, so let's say a, a polar bear is trying to have a caribou for lunch, <laughs> but hair absorbs ultraviolet light. So the polar bear's hair, because it has absorbed ultraviolet light, and because the caribou can see ultraviolet light. So it's all snow. Here's this white bear, and he's thinking, I'm camouflaged, I could get. But because of this ability to see ultraviolet light and that the hair absorbed the ultraviolet light, the polar bear looks like a black bear. So here's this polar bear sneaking up on this caribou. He can't see me. I'm white, you know. I, I'm, and here's the Caribou, oh, look at that black bear coming up here. We better wow. get out of here. He can see it that good. Yeah. Another design feature, you're going, God gave these animals the ability to survive. The God of the Bible. Yeah, he thought of everything. Absolutely everything. Now, here's another interesting thing. Uh, we have on Donner, on Blitzen, on, <laughs> you know, that uh, with Santa Claus thing. Yeah, Comet and Cubit. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, all that. Uh, yeah. Well, now that's December 25th, okay? And, uh, well, wait a minute. The males all lost their antlers. Oh, already? It must have been all. Those are all girl females. Yeah, yeah. now, of course, that's a, <laughs> we don't, we don't talk about that much, but anyway. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. Yeah. So their hoof, the hoof on a, on a caribou. In the summer, it's soft and it spreads out on, like on the, on the tundra. If it's thawing out, they don't sink in. It's like a big uh, snowshoe in the summer. So it's soft, but in the winter it gets hard so they can chip through the ice and snow and get down, get down to, the to the lichens. Uh, uh, how does that happen? Incredible design. Yeah, right. You think of a hoof, you think it's either hard or it's soft. Right. Both? Yeah. This goes back and forth. Yeah, they do. They have both. And um, so God took care of everything. Now, the lichens also absorb ultraviolet light. And so oh. 
helps them see those as well. Exactly, because their favorite, it's called reindeer moss, okay, is white. Well, you got white snow, you got white lichens. How are they gonna see it when they dig down in there? Well, because it absorbs ultraviolet light, it'll look, sometimes it looks black, depending on exactly the chemicals and I don't know what all, but then other times it looks like psychedelic colors. Whoa. And so it's looking, here's this bright pink and yellow and green, and it, it can easily find it. I mean, God made these things say, hey, here I am, come and eat meat. Anybody with the ultraviolet light is going to see it. Yeah. How yeah. cool is that? Yeah, you're, there isn't any way that, you, that we can even comprehend the genius of our God. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How many animals have you talked about, have you studied to learn and, and, and be able to... To be able to go through just some of these basic things and say, look, design, 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 design. Any idea how many animals you've studied over the years? Poof. No, I don't. I mean, I remember looking at the bombardier beetle, yeah. the giraffe, yeah. the, uh, the seal, the, the polar bear and these things. Yeah. But it's, it's more than dozens that I've watched you go through. Oh, yeah. There are many, many. The trouble is we have to get most of our information through the secular literature because Christians haven't done the research. Mm. Now, maybe that they aren't allowed to. I mean, in Satan's world system, which is where we live, there's certain things that are just kind of censored, censored out. And maybe if a Christian did do the research, found it, published it, the name of God couldn't come into it mm. in any way for it to get out. So I don't know. But most of it is done by atheist evolutionists when you come right down to it. So you have to look at the 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 data that's been gathered, and then sift through that to find out the, the real facts. And then once you have distilled the real facts, now you can show how these facts give God glory. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that means we have to find more than one source that talks about this. And so sometimes, we, we, our, our goal is, let's find at least three sources that talk about this particular feature, and then we'll talk about it. Interesting. But we need godly young people. We do who put up with the Amazon jungle and biting bugs and snakes and <laughs> cause the canopy in the Amazon. Very little study has been done on that at all. Wow. And it's like, there's all, and that some of those polar bear families in Northern Siberia, somebody likes cold weather, you go move in with them and then tell Start us about studying. them. Yeah. Man, all right, so calling all young people out there that wanna be botanists and zoologists and do more study for the glory of God. It's hard to get grant money. I got to tell you, when you tell people I'm doing this for the glory of God, yeah. it's a little harder to get grant money. But I think I think of several friends right now that are in different fields of biology uh, or anatomy at, at, that are that are in. They're getting the secular degrees, but they want to use it for the glory of God. And I'm really excited about the things that will be coming out and coming down the line over the next several years. That's Amen. Really cool. Yeah. And then I think of my friend Micah Bowman, who I had him on to talk about snakes. You can go back and watch that show. Uh, he's, he's another crocodile hunter guy. He loves the outdoors and wants to see God get the glory for his creation. He so. does. We just had lunch with Micah here last week. Oh, beautiful. And he's, doing, he's working on a PhD. Yes. So he can get even better qualified. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I so that one, the problem is, most of these advanced degrees, you got to put up with a whole lot of nonsense, okay? But once you get that degree, it opens up doors. Because yeah. some people, they look at your alphabet behind your name, That's and they aren't interested, unless you got a lot of alphabet there. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, some you just have to go through and do it. Yeah. Well, praise God for those Christians that are out there doing it.
Hey, Facebook and YouTube, uh, love you guys. Thanks for hanging out with me for a few minutes to learn about some of the amazing animals of Alaska. Partners, we're going to keep on going here because you've got several more animals you want to talk about. Especially the humpback whale. Oh, man. Guys, I'm really excited about next week's webinar. It's, um, it's with my friend, Dr. Anthony Silvestro, who is now a really phenomenal creation speaker, was a dentist. So uh, something about you dentist guys. Uh, yeah. Get involved in creation. Love it. Uh, it's, it's, he, he wrote a book. Um, I don't think mocking is the right word, but on the origin of kinds by means of creator God uh, to, to kind of contradict on the origin of species by means of natural selection. Looking forward to that conversation with him next week on the origin of kinds as we talk to Dr. Anthony Silvestro. Hey, thanks so much for joining us.